What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonas. Uh, so this is episode 46, and uh, yeah, it's a stacked episode as always. Going to be talking about uh, many things. Uh, before we uh, get into our show today, uh, just want to introduce our guest host. He's been on before. Um, you may remember him from when he uh, helped to review Super Strong Style 16. That's one of our more popular episodes out there. Kieran Reed. So Kieran, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, thank you for coming back on. Uh, great to be back, John. Looking forward to it. Excellent. Lovely to have you back. So Kira's going to be talking to us in a little while uh, about NXT, NXT UK. We're going to be having a little look at uh, the TakeOver lineup for Saturday. And of course, that's a stacked card. And uh, But before that, we will also be talking to Kieran about the latest uh, progress show that he's attended, which was this past uh, Sunday. And it was chapter 89. But we'll talk more about that in a minute. Before we get started, just want to throw out the usual plugs. Of course, you can reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, just simply go on to Twitter and our Twitter handle is at withjohnners underscore pod. You can uh, find us on Instagram as well, instagram.com forward slash wrestling with Johnners. And of course, go out and find our ever popular Facebook community group. Uh, just go on to Facebook and search wrestling with Johnners. Of course, you can find this podcast on all popular podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Anchor, Stitcher Radio, YouTube. We are pretty much everywhere. So go out and find us on one of those platforms. Um, if you listen to us, however, on Apple iTunes, please don't forget to leave a five star rating. And of course, uh, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please don't forget to hit like, subscribe, share and shout about wrestling with Jonas. Uh, this is the only podcast for all of your weekly NXT, NXT UK, WWE progress and now AEW needs. So please spread the word, tell your friends and tell your family and help to grow the podcast so that I can continue to produce quality content each and every week for you lovely listeners. Uh, don't forget to check out um, our previous episode, which uh, we put out on Sunday afternoon, AEW's inaugural show, Double or Nothing, which was a fantastic pay-per-view. Um, I've seen it a couple of times over myself. Can't get enough of it. Can't wait for their next pay-per-view that's going to be all out uh the, the follow-up to all in from last year uh, so we'll talk more about uh, aew as the weeks roll on uh but once again back to you kieran so uh, welcome back to the podcast uh now you haven't seen aew's double or nothing yet but i'm guessing it's uh, on your list of events to watch uh from what you've heard does it sound good yeah well obviously i've seen a few clips online and stuff of what's happened and stuff and obviously people are quite surprised at Moxley's little debut at the end I've kind of read a few rumors about it so I kind of expected it but he made a massive impact so I'm looking forward to what they do in yeah, the future a hell of a show uh, and from top to bottom even the pre-show I found quite entertaining but from top to bottom main card was outstanding and the uh, the top three matches of uh, Dustin versus Cody uh, Jericho versus Omega and then the Young Bucks versus uh, the Lucha Brothers just stellar stellar matches um, so yeah catch it as soon as you can or failing that Kieran just go out and listen to the podcast but uh, I want to talk to you now I want to talk to you now about uh, chapter 89 so it took place this past Sunday now it was uh, chapter 89 and uh, the 26th of May 1988 so it's kind of going back in time uh, 21 years uh, to uh, back to the good old 80s. Now, this this actually took place this past Sunday. It's from the Electric Ballroom. Uh, is that correct, Kieran? That's where you uh, went on Sunday, the Electric Ballroom? Yeah, so it was at the ballroom, yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, there were seven matches on the card. Now, I don't know if, Kieran, you want to kind of fill us in here, but it's different to the usual progress show because there's uh, a lot of familiar names uh, wrestling on this card. But... Uh, 
not so familiar in terms of the gimmicks that they're portraying during this special 1988 show. Um, so, well, just give us a, a, a quick summary of kind of how this particular progress, uh, you know, was laid out, uh, the, the gimmick of the show and uh, kind of the 80s, the 80s theme, I suppose. So everything was completely different from as soon as you walked in. They didn't have their usual ring mat. They didn't have any of their usual ring stuff. Um, so they literally stripped it all back like it would be in the 80s. So they're yep. really trying to give you an authentic taste of the 80s. They even changed their music. So it was all 80s based. So all the characters played a different thing that was big in the 80s. So as we go through, I'll tell you who played and what kind of gimmick they played as they went through and how they really intertwined with it and stuff excellent well i was saying to kieran off air that i've not had the opportunity to see this yet it's not dropped online yet as far as i'm aware it's not dropped on demand but as soon as it does i will be watching it um i've seen one or two clips and i'm, I'm sure that most of you have seen the clips of uh, paul robinson but we'll talk more about that a bit later the opening match of the night however was davy america uh, versus idris uh, alex alex uh, alexev um, I think that's how you say it. But uh, this is a role reversal of sorts because Davy America is actually Ilya Dragunov and uh, Idris Alexia is Sugar Dun uh, Dunkerton. So uh, Ilya, obviously Russian, Sugar Dunkerton from the States. Uh, what can you tell me about this match and the characters they were portraying? And, uh, you know, tell us a bit about the opener. So I was really shocked at how well Dragunov actually played the American gimmick, to be fair. I mean... Obviously, from what we've seen from him, he always talked in Russian. Um, but he was actually talking American the whole way through. He did the American accent really well. Uh, oh, yeah. What I also liked as well was that he incorporated quite quite a lot of the American wrestlers into it. So he did quite a few bits from Macho Man, Warrior, Hogan throughout the match. So he was really like getting into all of the big US names back in the 80s as well. So... For me, he did a really good job. And Sugar Dunkerton was brilliant as playing a Russian. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dragonoff finished it off with his... Um, so where he does the normal Umba Zeba stuff in the corner before he hits his finisher, but he did it with um, USA instead. So that really right. got the crowd alive. And everyone was really into it. It was absolutely and amazing. I've not seen Sugar Dunkerton. I've seen him uh, wrestle on, on YouTube and, and various uh, various shows. Um, is this the first time you've seen Sugar Dunkerton? And uh, what's he like kind of in the flesh? I know that he wasn't uh, portraying his usual gimmick, um, but uh, sounds like a bit of a treat to get somebody of that name value uh, to the Indies in America over in the UK for a progress show. Uh, what was he like? I've seen Sugar Dunkerton before on a progress show. He was on okay. a show. Uh, trying to work out what chapter it was. I think it was 87 when the Kiwi Club reformed because he fought Niwa on the pre-show. Um, but I saw him then and even then when I saw him he was brilliant. He's, he's quite a comical ring performer from what I can remember of that chapter. So it was really nice to see him again. It was really nice to see him in a bit more of a serious kind of role but in a weird way a kind of comical role. Yeah. More seriously but obviously he wasn't being himself. Yeah, and as you mentioned, uh, Dragunov, or Davy America in this case, uh, went over Sugar Dunkerton in uh, that first match. Moving on to the next match, and it was the Doctor, uh, Chris Brooks versus Marty Fox, um, and uh, that was uh, Connor Mills. So, uh, the, I don't know, by the sounds of it, was this playing off of a little bit of a Back to the Future vibe here? Um, have I got that right? A little bit. Yeah? So, 
Chris Brooks as the Doctor was Doctor Who. Um, okay, okay. So you wouldn't have fought it, but obviously in the 80s, Doctor Who was quite a big thing. Yeah. So you would have thought it would have been Doc Brown and Marty McFly. And which That's what, is what I thought originally, I yeah. yeah. But it turned out not to be. He went in playing the actual Doctor. Um, he did an amazing job. At one point, someone in the crowd shouted exterminate at him. And he jumped into the ropes and pretended to like, be really scared. It was really good. Um, instead of bringing a sonic screwdriver, he actually brought an actual screwdriver, um, which concerns me a little bit. Um, and Connor Mills brought down a hoverboard with him, so he got into the gimmick really well. Um, there was quite a few comical spots in that match as well. Connor Mills had a jacket that's arms were too big for him, so you see a lot of spots in there where Chris Brooks uses that to his advantage. And then Connor Mills goes over, but then... Chris Brooks runs out the back and they do the TARDIS music and then they reset the match and they change the finish. Ah, very clever. Yeah, that's quite um, quite inventive because uh, I've got down here that Chris Brooks uh, won the match. Um, but then you said that uh, originally um, he, he lost the match, then went back in time and then won the match on his on his second uh, second bite of the cherry. So, uh, OK, that was quite interesting. Look forward to seeing that one. Uh, then we've got our third match on the progress card. And it's uh, uh, Wally Hanford played by Mark Davis. So Mark Davis is one half of Aussie Open um, and he went on to face the Teflon Sheik played by Dan Maloney. So we've seen a bit of Dan Maloney on NXT UK. Um going up against Mark Davis here from Aussie Open. But, of course, they're playing uh, Wally Hanford versus a Teflon Cheek. So uh, two interesting names. Uh, how was it uh, kind of on the night? How did this match play out? And how did the, the characters and the gimmicks play out as well? So Wally did a really, really... Uh, Mark Davis, sorry, did a really good job with Wally. Um, he was very interactive with the crowd the whole way through. Uh, they did a couple of spots where, well... To be honest, the majority of the match was where Mark Davis was trying to hide away and get away from Dan Maloney. Um, up to one point where they put a hot, uh, his hat and glasses onto one of the ring crew, which yeah. is Gene. Uh, I don't know if you've, any of you have watched any of his stuff, but if you do, have a look at him online. He's a really good wrestler. Um, and then, obviously, Dan Maloney goes up to... Because Mark Davis is standing next to Gene, and he pulls Gene into the ring and hits him with the... Cobra Clutch, and then not Cobra Clutch, um, Camel Clutch. There we go. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and then obviously Mark Davis comes back into the ring, um, kind of takes his Wally gear off and goes into his ring gear and starts kind of wrestling as normal. Yeah. Halfway through the match, so that was an interesting twist to see. Uh, again, it's another match that's really good to watch. Really funny, really interactive, and, and honestly, if I'm just going to say this. If you get a chance to watch On Demand, watch the whole show because the whole show is amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sold already. But uh, Mark Davis, uh, Wally Hanford in this case, uh, went over and beat uh, the Teflon cheek Dan Maloney in the third match. Uh, then we're kind of at the halfway stage. We've got the, the Sheep Whacker Cousins. Um, so this is Travis Banks, TK Cooper and Niwa. They went up against, uh, right, Blumenfeld who was played by Sid Scala, uh, Harrington Smythe, played by Sam Stoker, and Jones, played by Lewis Howley. So we've seen uh, plenty of Sid Scala on NXT UK. We've also seen Sam Stoker and Lewis Howley once or twice on NXT UK, but all three of these are mainstays on the UK indie scene. Uh, 
the sheep whacker, whacker cousins is this some sort of uh, bushwhacker takeoff here i don't know uh, i mean they're, they're all from new zealand uh, but tell me a little bit about the gimmicks here and uh, about the match itself kieran okay so this was kind of an interesting one because you had tk and travis come down as the bushwhackers but then you had niwa come down as one of the dudleys <laughs> oh, right. not 100% sure what the tie was with that but i'm pretty sure at one point they had um Big Dick Dudley with the Bushwhackers at some point, so I think it was kind of a mix of that. Yeah. Um, but then, obviously, with the Smide thing and everything with the American Psycho, right. the other guys, um, there was quite a few interesting spots at this to the point where Sid Scala went out the back in a strop, come back in a raincoat, and come down with a plastic axe. So you got <laughs> you like, probably got into the Psycho gimmick, and then you saw all the usual big spots from the Dudleys. So you had the WhatsApp, the 3D, and everything like that. But obviously, again, watch it, because my words won't actually put into yeah. prospect how good this match actually is. Um, there's a few spots in there where Travis Banks absolutely kills the Bushwhacker gimmick. It's absolutely brilliant. Both him and <laughs> smashed it. So, awesome. again, give it another watch, because my words won't comprehend how good this actually is. Can't wait, can't wait. So then, um, well, many people are saying this was the highlight of the night. And uh, I've seen it on Twitter. I've even uh, retweeted it on Twitter and put it on our Facebook group. But uh, we had Johnny Swayze versus the Kung Fu Kid. Now, this was uh, Paul Robinson, um, kind of in in like a Patrick Swayze dirty dancing vibe. Um, And he went up against uh, A-Kid from... um, uh, uh, what's what's the tag team? Um, white White Wolves. The White Wolves. I should know that because they were on NXT UK this week, making their debut against uh, Gallus. Uh, but yes, the Kung Fu Kid uh, versus Johnny Swayze. Now Johnny Swayze's entrance was was phenomenal. I know that he has a uh, a dancing partner up on the stage. He does a swan kind of leaping swan dive off the stage. Has another dance on the floor with another with another uh, fan at ringside. Uh, if ever you've seen Paul Robinson in his death matches against Jimmy Havoc, you wouldn't think it was the same person because uh, Paul Robinson certainly can can move. He was shaking his hips, uh, but this was probably one of the best pops and one of the best reactions that Paul Robinson's ever got at any show. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I think that this is um, his once a year baby face gimmick, if ever I've seen it. But uh, tell us about the, this fantastic entrance and the match with A-Kid. Yeah, completely agree. So obviously you hear the whole dirty dancing music. No one's expecting Robbo to come out, I don't think, because when Robbo came out, the crowd went wild. I've been to a few shows now and, the only thing I've seen louder than that was when David Starr won, super strong stuff. Um, absolutely brilliant. Everyone's singing along. His entrance got everyone involved. If you look close enough, you'll see me bobbing my head along and singing in the video because the girl he dances with on the floor is literally two rows in front of me. Oh. So you would, if you look close enough, you do see my head bobbing around and singing along. Um even the match itself, they played the, the whole thing really well. Uh, there's a couple of bits in there where A-Kid and Robbo actually danced together in the ring and stuff. Um, the crowd got really into both gimmicks. There was wax on, wax off chants. It was it was just absolutely amazing match to watch. And you saw Robbo kind of 
again, like if you watched Super Strong Style of his match against O'Reilly, he kind of goes back to his old stuff, but then right at the end of the match when he wins, before he goes for the pin after he does his double stomp, he flips off the fans, gets the pin, and then goes back to being Johnny Swayze. So you oh. get a bit... You get <laughs> Classic a bit of, Robbo. <laughs> yeah, you get a bit of him playing his horrible gimmick, but then he goes straight back to being Johnny Swayze. It was, it was brilliant to see. It was a nice little twist because it made his performance that a little bit more unique. And it made you realise that Robbo is still there. Yeah, and and the other thing that really struck me about this is um, I get the impression that behind the scenes, Paul Robinson is just a a normal down-to-earth guy. And he's actually a little bit, I don't know whether I'm kind of breaking down the fourth wall here, but I I get the feeling that he doesn't like the attention. He's he's not massively outgoing. You wouldn't expect him to be massively outgoing in in that sort of way. Now, he's obviously got a, uh, you know, his character as kind of the psycho, um, you know, down to a T. But this was a complete juxtaposition, and I think this—that—that's exactly what kind of surprised everybody that was in attendance. Um, and he, he pulled it off tremendously. And uh, yeah, I, I'm probably going to have that on rewind and watching it over and over again when it drops on demand. But uh, uh, Johnny Swayze, otherwise known as Paul Robinson, went over um, the Kung Fu Kid, a kid in uh, in the uh, in this match, uh, right? So second to last match, we've got uh, Candy Lauper, uh, played by Candy Floss. Uh, and uh, she went up against Maria Egan, otherwise known as Maria May. So I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm not familiar with Maria May. Um, and uh, I've seen Candy Floss only on NXT UK, but I know that she's making a bit of a name for herself on the Indies around the UK. What can you tell me about these two wrestlers, uh, the gimmicks that they uh, portrayed and uh, the match itself? Go ahead, Kieran. So, unfortunately, this match took a little bit of a turn because it was actually supposed to be Tony Storm that Candy Floss was supposed to be fighting. And uh, Tony Storm pulled out on the day due to travelling issues. So it was kind of like a last-minute replacement. But a lot like you, I haven't actually seen Maria wrestle before. Yeah. Um, one of the guys I was sitting with, because he does a lot of like refing for the lower independent scene, he told me that, uh, she'd only been training for a year. Um, oh, so for someone that's only been training for a year and the match that she put on with Candy Floss, brilliant. Um, so Candy Floss obviously played Cindy Lauper. And then Maria obviously played, uh, she played like a fitness instructor and come down to let's get physical. Uh, which actually kind of got the crowd riled up, which I was surprised because people are normally a bit tetchy about people they've not really heard much about. Um but the match itself was really good, but there was a part in the match where it kind of turned and Candy Floss goes a bit... You can see that she got annoyed about something and she gets a lot more intense than what she normally is. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that was kind of a botch in the match that annoyed her a little bit. It, it happens and people do change in matches. But if you watch the match, you, you see a point where Candy Floss kind of changes and gets a little bit more sadistic than what she'd normally play so it was interesting to see but for me it was probably one of the were one of the less good matches i've seen through progress yeah but again it's still worth a watch just for seeing how people portray different gimmicks it's nice to see their versatility 
Yeah, definitely. And uh, I'm not not sure whether Candy Floss uh, has been on a progress show, um, but uh, certainly you know good for them to be in you know a high profile show uh, with uh, one of the the best uh, indie promotions in the UK, if not the world. But uh, good exposure for them. And like you say, it's a shame that Tony Storm couldn't make the show in the end. Um, but a good opportunity for uh, a lesser known wrestler to take her spot and to make a bit of a name for herself. So I think progress over the years has always been very good at kind of changing and adapting and making the most of a bad situation when people can't make it. And uh, they've also been very good at uh, making names of newer, uh, less well-known wrestlers um, to make them kind of more uh, more well-known on, uh, on the scene. Uh, right, we got to our main event of uh, the progress show. And it's uh, Detective Inspector Colin Klein uh, versus Dirty Daddy Overkill. Uh, so just to kind of add a little bit of uh, context here, uh, <coughs> Detective Inspector Colin Klein is played by Kyle Fletcher, uh, the other half of Aussie Open, of course. And uh, Dirty Daddy Overkill, well, it's uh, none other than Mark Haskins. So Mark Haskins has been doing uh, a lot of work over in the States uh, with um, Ring of Honor. And of course, uh, he was at the uh, G1 Supercard over WrestleMania weekend from uh, MSG. But back here on Familiar Stomping Grounds, um, he's always been uh, a mainstay uh, of progress over many, many years. Uh, Some consider him to be one of the uh, originals of the promotion. Uh, But back here in the main event, um, and he's going up against, uh, yeah, one of the progress favourites, one of the kind of more improved wrestlers of the last couple of years, Carl Fletcher. Um, So what can you tell me about their, their characters, this detective Inspector Colin Klein and Dirty Daddy Overkill. Tell us a bit about the, the gimmicks they were playing uh, on Sunday and uh, how the match went. So, Mark Haskins was playing kind of like a Motley Crew kind of gimmick. Um, so, a bit rocker, a bit more, obviously, rocky like he would do normally. So, for me, Mark Haskins didn't really change his gimmick that much for how he normally portrays himself. Kyle Fletcher with this... Colin Klein. Yeah. Where do I begin? Um, as you know, if you listen to me on the Super Strong Style podcast, I absolutely love Carl Fletcher. Brilliant wrestler, brilliant in the ring. This this whole performance has just made me love him even more. He played the gimmick so well. Um, couldn't fault a single thing either of them did in the ring. Um, the crowd was a oh, Jesus. So if you watch it. Hopefully, progress don't cut the chance. That you, you hear a lot of penis puns. There is a lot of penis puns because obviously you've got someone called Big Daddy Overkill, and then you've got Detective. <laughs> obviously, so it was kind of like a policeman slash stripper gimmick for Kyle Fletcher, and at, honestly, he couldn't have played it better if he tried. He really got into the role, interacted with the crowd crowd was on fire for it uh, you even get Mark Davis come down towards the end as well and he takes Vicky out the ring because they go and get a pile of coke um, it's not actually coke just saying it's progressing <laughs> but, drugs. Um, but it is the 1980s the coke in the 80s <laughs> yeah it's a big thing jo- uh, Jim plays it the whole show plays like coke addict the whole show says he's just come back from Columbia and stuff like that but you, you'll you watch it, you'll see. It's completely brilliant. Um, but yeah, for me, 
the match was absolutely brilliant. Everyone that was incorporated in the match was absolutely brilliant. And again, it's one of those matches where it doesn't matter how long I talk about it and how long I try and put my view across. It's something you've got to watch to believe. But again, it absolutely amazing. Brilliant. And and the show as a whole, it sounds like you really enjoyed it. I know we spoke off air and you said that uh, it was one of the one of the best progress shows you've been to. Um, but uh, although it sounds a bit strange with all these 80s names and 80s gimmicks, you said it was it was stripped back. It's like as if you're watching a wrestling show from from 30 years ago. Um, but uh, you said you, you definitely recommend uh, going out and watching it when it drops uh, on demand on progress on demand. Um, so a definite thumbs up from you. Yes, definitely. Definitely go and watch it, and you'll 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 realise that even serious wrestlers can have a funny side, and it's nice to see them let their hair down a bit, and it just makes you even if you do absolutely love the wrestler that you love, it will just make you fall in love with other ones as well, and it will it just makes you see everyone in a different light. Yeah, and if nothing else, you need to go out of your way to watch uh, Johnny Swayze's uh, entrance, Paul Robinson. Um, I think that's worth the the price of admission alone. Uh, I certainly would have paid good money to see that. But uh, thank you for your kind of recap of Progress 89 there. Uh, Really appreciate. So uh, we're going to be looking at uh, NXT UK next. Um, So this is the May the 29th show. And this week's episode starts with a recap of uh, Pete Dunne versus Walter 2 from last week for the WWE UK Championship. Uh, and once again, it was a stiff, hard-hitting match, as you expect, would expect, with uh, Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel getting involved to help Walter uh, to retain uh, his championship against the Bruiserweight. Um, we, at the end of last week's episode, see an alliance forming between Walter, Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel. And this week's episode... The show starts with Walter, Eichner and Bartel. They make their entrance down to the ring to hopefully provide some insight and some answers to their actions on Pete Dunne from last week. So this new faction of Walter, Fabian Eichner and, and Marcel Bartel, um, they look very intimidating from the office. They stand side by side in the ring. Uh, Bartel is the first to speak after plenty of boos from the fans. Bartel says that we are here to lead you to a better NXT UK. We are here to raise our flag and to restore the honour of our sport. And we are the ones to lead and we are the ones to hold the true power. Eichner then gets on the mic uh, and tells uh, the fans that Pete Dunne can only get them for so uh, so far, he says, and that British Strong Style has expired because none of them have the ability to lead NXT in the right direction. And now the responsibility lay in their hands. Walter then gets on the mic and says to the fans that the mat is sacred and from this day forth, they shall be known as Imperium. Uh, before Walter could uh, continue, we get the music, the ever so familiar music of the Bruiserweight Pete Dunne. Uh, Pete come out uh, through the curtain. He's soon joined by Tyler Bates and Trent Seven, and they have come to fight. Then all three members of British Strong Style get into the ring, uh, and all three members of Imperium fight it out with a wild brawl. Uh, but as the brawl continues, the cameraman gets knocked over. Uh, the picture cuts out unexpectedly to bring this segment to a close. Uh, so this was a really, really hot way to start this week's uh, episode, Kieran, of NXT UK. Uh, what's your thoughts on the opening to this week's NXT UK and the formation of Imperium? And uh, it looks like British Strong Style versus Imperium, the, the, the brawl they had in the ring. Uh, what's your take on this opening segment? So for the guys that follow a lot of stuff <clears throat> online, obviously know that 
NXT UK is pre-recorded. So there's a few twists coming up that I'd like to that are happening, which will be good. Which um, obviously, if there's anything that pops up on that, I'd like to give my view on those because when it happens, it'd be good for me to actually. I've got a few interesting facts to bring up about it, um, but we'll get onto that at a later date. For me, the build-up on that show for a beginning and an opener it was absolutely amazing to finish off with pretty much how it started the week before, so with the three guys standing in the ring. Yeah. Um, it's nice to see British Strong Style back together because obviously with Pete going off doing his own thing and then Pete, uh, Tyler and... Oh, Jesus. Tyler Trent. and Trent have yeah. to do their own um, it was nice to see all three of them back together because obviously that's the staple of what NXT UK was built on and I'm interested to see the dynamic of what happens coming forward because obviously you've got Walter who's obviously a big old boy but you've also got exactly the same it's kind of matching like for like so you've got Walter which would obviously match off with Pete you've got Tyler that would match off with Eichner and you've got blah, blah, Trent that would Marcel Bartel. Yeah, Bartel. Yeah. If you look at their styles together, they're kind of very similar. So it, it's nice to see an actual group go against British Strong Style that's exactly the same as them to see how it kind of counteracts each other. Because obviously when you had Strong Style versus Gallus, it was kind of just the power of Gallus versus the, the whole unit of British Strong Style. So they've kind of gone on a different approach. But I think if you get other people coming in with, with like three-man factions, it's going to be a lot of British strong style stepping up to the plate, obviously to kind of keep a hold of their turf. So for me, I'm looking forward to seeing it because there's very lot of dynamics that you've got coming forward in this. So again, yeah, I can't wait. And obviously, as you're probably going to say in a minute about what happens in two weeks' time, so I won't. No, well, you, you've, yeah, no, you've uh, hit the nail on the head there. So the next segment after that was Sid Scala. He was interviewed backstage and says that in two weeks' time, we will see Imperium go, go up against British Strong Style in a six-man tag. And that match, as you quite rightly said, will be uh, one not to miss. It should be an outstanding match, and that's just going to be in a couple of weeks' time. Um, then we get our first match of NXT UK, and it's going to be Gallus, and that's going to be Mark Coffey and Wolfgang versus Carlos Roma and A-Kid. So we've already spoke about A-Kid tonight, one half of uh, Team White Wolf. Uh, couldn't remember the name of the tag team earlier on, but Team White Wolf, they weren't introduced as Team White Wolf. They're more commonly known as that on the Indies here. They're just uh, announced as Carlos Roma and A-Kid. Uh, great to see Team White Wolf in NXT UK. I know uh, one uh, uh, other guest host of the podcast, David Anderson, who's a big fan of Team White Wolf, would be very pleased to see them on NXT UK. Um, I've seen these guys live. I, I think, um, I don't know if you were at Progress 86 in Birmingham, but that was the only time I've seen them live. Otherwise, I've seen them kind of online and uh, uh, they are an awesome, awesome tag team. Uh, what's your thoughts on Team White Wolf? I'm guessing you've seen them live once or twice. Um, I, I've certainly ha have nothing but good things to say about them. Uh, what's your experience of uh, Carlos Roma and, and A-Kid um, having seen them in the flesh? So, yeah, obviously, I'm the same as you. I saw them, The first time I saw them live was at 86. Yep. Um, if I remember correctly, they went against Haskins and Havoc, I believe. Yeah. Um, an absolutely outstanding match. Um couldn't fault them at all and they actually took the fight to Haskins and Havoc 
Um, obviously, they're very high-flying and martial art-based. Unfortunately, in this match, you don't really get to see a lot of that sort of stuff. But I'm hoping the UK give them a chance to shine and show what they obviously what we've witnessed in the flesh. Because if you do, of everyone that watches NXT UK is in for an absolute treat. Um, they really are, yeah. It, it, it's a shame they didn't get more time in the match, and it was a shame it was kind of a squash match. Um, but with Gallus, I, I'm liking how Wolfgang's portraying himself at the minute, kind of like a psychopath. It's absolutely amazing to see him, because obviously he's been there from the beginning, so obviously before he was a fan favourite, and it's nice to see his turn. And he's, he's just getting darker and darker as the weeks go on. Yeah, it's definitely a a good fit for Gallus, definitely. And I think it's the gimmick that he needs to play. Um, Obviously, he's a big dude, big tattooed dude, so if you saw him on the street, you'd probably run a mile. And I think he needs to start... He's getting into the role very well, and it's nice to see him grow. And it's nice to see Mark Coffey playing a different sort of role, kind of like as the peacekeeper. So, yeah, for me... Absolutely brilliant, but I wish the match got a little bit more time. Yeah, very true. I'll just go through some of the key spots and uh, uh, Gallus go to work using their power to dominate Romo to start the match until Romo is able to tag in a, a fresh A kid um, who gets firmly planted down to the canvas with a choke slam before uh, punishing uh, A kid with a full Nelson slam. Uh, Romo eventually gets tagged back in, only to be dropped with an Inseguri and a power slam combo from Cof- uh, Mark Coffey and Wolfgang, allowing Wolfgang to cover, get the pinfall victory for Gallus uh, in a very impressive fashion for uh, the, you know the, the combo of um, Mark Coffey and Gall- uh, Mark Coffey and Wolfgang here, and it was only a five-minute match. And as you quite rightly said, A Kid and Romo didn't get a lot of offense. It was a shame that they didn't get uh, you know a little bit more time to show us what they can do. But it's positive to see them uh, in an NXT UK ring, um, and it, I'm sure it won't be the only time we'll get to see them uh, kind of on a, on a bigger stage like this. They've obviously caught the eye of uh, one or two people backstage, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see them again. And with the you know the tag team scene in NXT UK being quite bright at the minute, you've got a lot of tag teams there, quite a few rivalries. We've had uh, a lot of really good tag matches on NXT UK. Uh, I'm pretty sure that we'll see them again fairly soon. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, so uh, th- this was a quick five-minute match uh, between these two teams with uh, the combo of uh, Coffee and Wolfgang going over. Then we see uh, Radzi. He's backstage with Zaya Brookside um, and talking about the beating that Zaya received from Ginny and Jazzy Gabbert a couple of weeks ago on NXT UK. Isla Dawn then comes into the picture telling Zaya uh, that she thought the beating that she received was a disgrace and that she could do with some magic uh, to take on Ginny and Jazzy Gabbert. So it looks like we're going to get a tag match featuring Zaya Brookside and uh, Isla Dawn versus Jazzy Gabbert and Ginny on a future episode of NXT UK. Uh, what's your thoughts on uh, this potential match between these two teams? So I think the quote that was used in the promo when Isla Dawn came out was that we put on magic. So think of the magic we could put on together. Um, and the match they had together was absolutely brilliant. And for me, I think those two together could be good. But unfortunately, obviously, 
it's going to be a new faction and they want Ginny to kind of get a bigger push with her bodyguards because that's the whole thing they're going to go for. So even when that match does happen, it'll be a good match, but obviously there's only be one person that goes over. Unless WWE want to throw us a swerve. I mean, they've done it in the past and they like to shock us a bit, but I personally just think it would be kind of a good match, but then obviously the winner would be a formality for me. Because obviously you'd killed a gimmick before it really started. Yeah, you could be right. I know that uh, uh, NXT UK, we've, we're seeing quite a bit of Zyre Brookside. Um, but uh, yeah, I I think, like you said, it could be a formality when it does eventually happen. And I do expect Jazzy Gabber and uh, Ginny to continue getting the push that they've had over recent weeks. And I think Jazzy Gabba is, is too dominant uh, to lose this soon on after rejoining NXT and NXT UK. We then get a, a backstage promo from uh, Joseph Connors, who's sending out a warning to uh, Ilya Dragunov. So that looks like uh, uh, Joseph Connors is setting his sights on uh, Dragunov there. Um, then we get uh, clips from the, uh, the, the remaining four that are involved in the Fatal 4-Way that will be taking place next week. Uh, between Travis Banks, Jordan Devlin, Dave Mastiff and Joe Coffey to see who will be the new number one contender for the WWE UK Championship. Um, so that's going to be a fantastic match that we're going to cover right here on the podcast next week. Um, I'm guessing you've seen the, the build-up to this Fatal 4-Way. You've seen all the qualifying matches. Um, you've got Travis Banks, Jordan Devlin, Dave Mastiff and Joe Coffey. Have you got a pick out of those four? Um, who would you be rooting for next week? So, obviously, fans of OTT that have watched a lot of OTT know that Devlin can beat Walter. Um, and he would be my pick to win that fatal four-way. Uh, Jordan Devlin's absolutely on fire at the minute in Indies and on NXT UK. So for me, it's the logical choice. But again, like I said, they like to throw a swerve. I don't see it being Joe Coffey just because he had his shot against Pete. And there's quite a few more feuds they can kind of put in with, like Elia. They can even, after this program, put him in a feud with Mastiff. Obviously, because Mastiff beat Wolfgang to get to that position. So, the logical choice would be Devlin. But again, you know what NXT UK are like. And obviously, with Imperium being a thing now... You might see something of them getting in the ring and saying none of them are worthy, beating them all up and having it thrown out. There's lots of different aspects to take into it. But if the match does go forward as a fatal four-way, my pick to win is Devlin. Yeah, and he'd be my pick as well, to be honest with you. And I know that uh, Devlin faced Walter a few weeks ago on NXT UK, but remember that was in a non-title match. Um, And... uh, I I think that if Devlin's given another opportunity, and if you think back to that match they had a few weeks ago, uh, Devlin really, really gave it to Walter, and he hurt Walter. That was a really stiff match, and uh, Devlin gave just as good as he got against Walter for that in that non-title match. Uh, but uh, Walter did eventually get the win uh, with his power bomb. And he's, he's kind of cover where he puts his entire body weight on his opponent for the one, two, three there. But I think Devlin has something to prove, and like you say. Looking outside of NXT UK, they do have a history. Uh, they do have a history at OTT. Um, and I think that match with the title on the line, that, that could main event any show, to be honest with you. And I'd like Devlin to have another another uh, stab at uh, Walter and an opportunity for the NX, uh, for the WWE UK title. Um, so he'd be my favourite going into next week as well. And uh, on NXT UK, 
he's been very very dominant um so out of the four he'd be my pick also Moving on to the next match, we've got Cassius Ono versus Jack Gallagher. Now, initially, you probably think this is two contrasting styles. Uh, you've got Gallagher, who's the smaller, faster, much more technical, scientific wrestler, um, who can mix it up a little bit with, with brawling every so often. And then you've got Cassius Ono. He must be getting close to 300 pounds. Um, not as agile as he used to be. A lot more of a kind of a power striking type of wrestler, uh, renowned for his rolling elbow, of course. Um, but he has told us um, on NXT UK that he's trained and, and well versed in many different styles of wrestling, including the British style of wrestling. And he's gone up against many British wrestling legends in the past, including Johnny Saint uh, when he was still active uh, 10 or 15 years ago. So this should be a very interesting match. Um, like I say, Gentleman Jack uh, can tie anybody in knots versus Cassius Ono, uh, like I said, with his massive size advantage and, of course, can knock anybody out. Um, but, yeah, an, a, a very interesting match going into it. Uh, just to go through some of the key spots here, Ono executes a few variations of an ankle lock on uh, on Jack Gallagher before applying an armbar, which he is able to reverse into uh, a head scissors on Ono, ono with Ono. Uh, ono is able to escape from. Um, in the vein of Johnny Saints, obviously taking some lessons from uh, from a British wrestling legend there. This match is definitely reminiscent of a world of sport match more than anything with the very technical uh, game being played between these two with holes and counter holes from both. Uh, the match does get a little bit dirty after Ono drops a couple of stiff kicks and an elbow uh, after Gallagher rolls himself into a ball. Uh, Gallagher appears to get busted open from a, a, a punch or I think it might have been an elbow from Ono at one point. Uh, Gallagher comes back with a series of strikes and a headbutt uh, to Ono's wrist and elbow, which could limit Ono's rolling elbow later on in the match before tying an armbar and then a triangle onto the bigger Cassius Ono. However, on the 12-minute mark, Cassius Ono does nail Gallagher with the rolling elbow, covers his opponent and get the 1-2-3 on the 12-minute mark. However, from our vantage point, it looked like Gallagher's right foot, his right leg, was underneath the ropes, which was not spotted by the official. And after the, the, the three count, Ono very cleverly pulled Jack Gallagher's leg back into the ring. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the, the referee didn't spot it at all. Uh, ono had his arm raised and won the match. I absolutely loved this match. I thought I loved everything about it. Um, it was a lot of technical aspects to this from both guys. You would expect more technical scientific from Jack Gallagher. You've got a lot of that, a lot of reverses and counter holds uh, from Ono in this match as well. Two excellent, excellent wrestlers. Um, and I think they thoroughly enjoyed this match as well. A um, little bit of blood um, on, on Gallagher. Didn't seem to um, spoil the flow of the match. If anything, it probably uh, it, it probably encouraged Gallagher to to uh, get a little bit stiffer himself. But Kieran, I'd love to know your thoughts on this match. I absolutely loved it. What about yourself? So, it was nice to see General Jack Gallagher used again on NXT UK and... It's nice to see Ono going over there because obviously NXT UK is a lot of younger stars. So to have Ono over there, he can kind of train some of the other guys with some of his style. Let's face it, he's like a 20-year veteran. Mm. So he's got that ability to train people. But this match with Jack, you saw the versatility of Ono with his experience and the versatility of Jack Gallagher, even though he's White still young in his career. You saw quite a bit of... So there was a bit there where... I think it was just after Jack Gallagher got busted open that he goes kind of MMA on him. 
He takes him down, goes full guard and starts throwing elbows. Interesting fact for people who don't know, but Jack Gallagher actually has an undefeated streak in MMA. He's 2-0, and had two fights, won them both by submission. Um, but Jack Gallagher, for me, is again, with WWE, he's an underutilised talent. He could have been so much bigger than what he was on 205 Live. And I hope after that match with Ono especially, because he proved what how good he is, even against the bigger opponent, but they kind of do use him a bit more and they give him a kind of push that he deserves. But for me, with both of those two, with Ono's experience, Gallagher's youth and just his versatility as a ring performer, they put on absolute gold as a match. And for anyone, for me, if you're training to wrestle or just admire old school sort of wrestling matches, watch that match. You'd learn so much just watching. Yeah, it, it really was a fantastic match and different to what you usually see, um, you know, from an, an American wrestling uh, product. Uh, it, it was scientific. It, they did mix it up a little bit. Like I say, there was a stiff blow from Ono that did cut uh, Gak, uh, Jack Gallagher open, but then that just fired Gallagher up a little bit. And like you say, he did um, kind of call upon his, his MMA training and did hit back with a few strikes. But so on the whole, it did stay technical. Uh, not a big fan of the ending, to be honest with you. I know that uh, Ono won the match via his rolling elbow, um, but maybe the leg being underneath the rope might prompt a rematch. I certainly hope so. I'd love to see these two mix it up again. Um, but uh, And I agree with your point regarding uh, Jack Gallagher. I'd like to see him more on NXT UK. I think he's a perfect fit for that brand, a perfect fit for that product. Um, I'm not saying he's ever going to get to the, the, the stage where he might be considered a contender for the championship. I've always said they should introduce a, a second singles title for NXT UK. And maybe they could consider a, a title or a championship for the more kind of technical wrestlers more ground-based wrestlers uh, to bring back uh, something to celebrate the more uh, traditional british style of wrestling um i don't know your, your thoughts on whether they should introduce a secondary title uh, but i think jack gallagher um if he's utilized a bit more uh, and a bit better could be a really good asset to nxt uk but uh, uh, just your thoughts on on if if they should introduce maybe a secondary title um that could maybe be more uh, uh, you know could raise the game of some of the wrestlers that are more on the lower to mid card on the NXT uh, ladder um, because we, we we tend to only see that the Pete Dunns and the Walters of this world uh, kind of the upper echelon get involved for the for the big title and uh, do you think that uh, we need a, a second title for everybody else below? Yes. <laughs> in, in the short answer, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a perfect opportunity for them not only to bring in a second title, but if, let's face it, the European title, you're based in the UK, you can get talent from all over Europe in the company with a short flight. So it's a perfect opportunity for you to have a title based around the company that you've built. But not only that, bring in talent from other countries that are European based. Think about the amount of matches you could have with that. Yeah, you could definitely. Have, I love, love that idea. You could have people from Italy come over. You could have people from Germany come over. Let's face it, half of them are on the roster anyway. So let's let them fight for an actual championship. There we go. Well, um, yeah, hopefully we'll see that in the future. 
Then we get Piper Niven. Uh, she is asked about a rivalry, rivalry with uh, Rhea Ripley. That's easy for me to say. Uh, Piper says that uh, her actions speak louder than her words, and she didn't come here to talk. She came here to fight. Um, so this rivalry between Rhea Ripley and, and Piper Niven has been building for uh, a few weeks now, and hopefully we'll see a fight between these two fairly soon. We then get confirmation as we mentioned earlier, that British Strong Style will be taking on Imperium to face each other in two weeks' time. That's going to be a hell of a, um, a six-man tag there. Um, the Fatal 4-Way match, as we mentioned, for the uh, new number one contender spot will take place on next week's show between Joe Coffey, Dave Mastiff, Travis Banks and Jordan Devlin, as we've already mentioned, and that will be on next week's NXT UK, and we'll be covering it right here on the podcast. Um, then we get into the main event of this week's NXT UK, and it's uh, Tony Storm defending her NXT UK Women's Championship against Nina Samuels. So they've been building Nina Samuels um, as a contender to Tony's championship over the last few weeks, and they've certainly been promoting her character. And Nina has, has, has come across um, as, as a legitimate contender um, and a proper heel. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, going into this match, I was certainly looking forward to seeing Tony Storm defend her championship. Um, she's uh, one of them wrestlers, similar to Pete Dunne, that when she's on the TV, when you see her on NXT UK, she's definitely a big deal. And, uh, you know, somebody that you don't want to see every single week, because when you do see her, you want it to be special. And this was one of them occasions. Um, so just to go through some of the key spots and then we'll talk to Kieran about his thoughts on the match afterwards. Um, as I said, this match has been building for the last few weeks. Um, both wrestlers traded fists and forearms before Nina gets a, a near fall with a pair of knees to the back of the champion. Uh, Tony is not fighting for her championship, they said on commentary. She's fighting for her family. And of course, Nina's been uh, involving Tony's family in some of the promos over recent weeks. Storm hits a German suplex uh, and an enziguri before applying an STF, which Samuels was able to get out of by grabbing hold of the bottom rope. Uh, Nina Samuels recovers to hit a slingshot corkscrew splash for uh, a two count, and quite an impressive move that you don't see every day from Nina Samuels there. Storm then nails Nina with a stiff headbutt for another two count. Storm hits a bridge and German suplex for a two count. Uh, Samuels very nearly gets the win with a double underhook backbreaker for a very close near fall of her own. Uh, Tony Storm uh, gets hit with a missile dropkick uh, for another close near fall from Nina Samuels. But Tony Storm is finally able to get the win after two, uh, two suplexes and her Storm Zero finisher to retain her NXT Women's Championship, or NXT UK Women's Championship. Uh, but I have to say that was an impressive showing from Nina Samuels. I thought she played her part well. She was excellent in this match. Definitely a viable contender to Tony Storm's championship. Just came up short in this match, although she did get some very, very close near falls towards the end there. Um, that's enough of kind of me... Talking about this match, Kieran, I'd love to know your thoughts on this excellent main event. So, people that watched the Super Strong Style one that I did last time would know I, I there's something about Nina I don't like. I, I don't know what it is, but there just wasn't there's just something I don't like about her. But that being said, as you said, Nina had a really good show in. And she's kind of grown on me after that performance. I saw a lot of versatility from her again. She mixed up her style. It wasn't just the same old stuff that I'm used to seeing from her. So for me, she, she's growing on me. She's starting to win me over a little bit. Obviously, as you said, there was a, quite a few high spots in there. For me, the finish was good. Seeing Tony not just go straight for the Storm Zero to have her link it up with the two suplexes beforehand. 
was a nice change for me because normally Tony just kicks and then she's like and then hits it. So yeah. for her to actually build up the fact that she had to hit it beforehand just makes it that more believable that Nina was a contender. I'd love to see that match again, potentially with a bit more time, maybe add a third person into it. So you can have the respite so the stars can hit more of the bigger finishes. So maybe Nina, Rhea, Ripley and Tony Storm. For me, I think that'd be an absolutely amazing match. Hell, make it a fatal four-way and throw Ginny in there. Um, which will probably be a match we'll see at some point. I think the only superstar there that's not been on progress is Rhea. Um, so we have, if you do watch progress, you have seen it a bit more with Ginny, Tony and Nina Samuels. So you know the sort of stuff they can put on. So for me, again, yeah, absolutely love the main event. And for me, Nina's kind of starting to make a believer from me. So that's a big plus considering before this week, I didn't really like her. Yeah, I mean, they've definitely put a lot of effort into developing her character. Um, And I think she's really, uh, yeah, she's really kind of fallen into that gimmick really, really well. She's definitely uh, worthy of a contender spot this time around. Um, And I thought that kind of drew an end to a really, really good episode of NXT UK. I'd love the opening segment with Walter Eichner and uh, Bartel being confronted by British Strong Style. I thought that's a really strong opening to the show. We saw the debut of uh, Team White Wolf going up against Mark Coffey and Wolfgang. So that was uh, uh, quite a dominant win for Gallus, uh, but good to see uh, Carlos Romo and A-Kid in an NXT uh, ring. The match between Cassis Ono and Jack Gallagher, we both loved. Absolutely thought it was fantastic. And the main event was pretty solid as well. Um, So all in all, definitely a thumbs up episode from us too. Uh, Moving on to this week's NXT. Uh, So we're, of course, only two days away from our our next NXT uh, takeover show. And uh, this is the go-home episode uh, of NXT of what is sure to be a very stacked NXT takeover. We'll talk more about that. We'll cover off the card very, very shortly. Um, the first match of the night went straight into Mia Yim versus Bianca Belair. So this, of course, is a rematch from their first match a few weeks ago, which failed to give us a, a decisive conclusion to that match. Uh, there was a bit of a slow start to this match. However, Belair uh, put on a, a show of strength with with a delayed vertical call suplex on Mia Yim, combined with a couple of squats there, just to show off her power. Uh, Belair gets a bit cocky at one point and tries to cover Yim with uh, just a, a foot on her chest, which gives uh, this gives Yim the opportunity, uh, to, you know, to get uh, a few successive roll-ups shortly after this. It fires up Yim uh, because of the cockiness of Belair, um, only getting a few two counts there from the roll ups Belair blasts Yim with a stiff forearm Yim then gets a, a close near fall from a code Yim um, Yim then gets uh, hit to eat to feet unfortunately knocking her opponent out of the ring Yim gives chase only to be dropped against the ring apron and the referee continues her 10 count which Mia Yim only just beats by the skin of her teeth uh, Yim recovers to drop Belair with her project uh, protect your neck finisher covers and gets the three count in his very hard fought victory giving uh, Bianca Belair only a second loss since joining NXT her first one of course was at uh, TakeOver earlier on um, I think it might have been um, earlier on this year against Shayna Baszler and that was the, the Phoenix takeover. Um, so this was her second loss. I don't think many people were expecting Mia Yim to win. Um, but uh, yeah, this was a, a good match. It got better as it progressed. Um, but uh, what's your thoughts on this match and the outcome? So obviously, as you said yourself, it started off slow. Um, kind of made me a bit 
I was kind of a bit like, oh, I hope it speeds up kind of halfway through. Um, but again, I think these two are putting on an amazing program together. And I think it's perfect at the minute because obviously you can't have, because they're two strong contenders for the title. And obviously you've just had a fatal four-way for the title where you have Baszler win. So you can't then, so you need a program for two of your bigger female stars to go in together. So I think that's why Yim got this win to set up for a third match. Um, obviously, as we know, there's only five matches confirmed for NXT, uh, NXT on Saturday. Yeah. So it would not surprise me if we see a sixth match added. Um, and for me, having Yim versus Belair for a number one contenders match, something like that, it ends the feud. Gives you a new number one contender, no matter who the winner is of this one. And it would give you something to watch. I found it interesting as well, the way that the match finished with Mia Yim using Belair's hair. So it's kind of 1v1 with the whole hair tactics as well as her actually... So, for me, Belair was still kind of undefeated going into this because she wasn't pinned before this match. So to give... Nate, Mia Yim, the first ever pinfall victory over Belair. It's kind of a big deal, which makes me think they're going to use her for more in the future. Because obviously, as you know, they, they pushed Belair really hard. So to have her first loss to Yim kind of makes me think, are they going to do something with Yim as well? Which hopefully they will. Because now with Belair, with her, she had the whole thing where she was going undefeated, undefeated, undefeated. She cared more about her undefeated streak than anything else. So now she has nothing to lose if she goes for a title match. So we'll talk about this later. But if Baszler does lose the title, and for me it would make sense because she needs to go up to the main roster. But then you've got Belair there to go against Io Shirai with literally nothing to lose. Her undefeated streak's gone. So you could have more interesting matches with Bella. There Just we go. Some really interesting points. Yeah. Uh, then we get a brilliant video package hyping up the Velveteen Dream versus Tyler Breeze for Dream's North American Championship on Saturday night. Now, this match was only announced on last week's NXT, uh, but this video package definitely had me sold. I, I, I love the fact that Velveteen Dream was kind of harking back to um, Tyler Breeze being a budget version of himself. Um, and then when he when Breeze went up to the main roster, um, he wasn't used, he wasn't utilised, and, and basically hasn't had the same crowd reaction uh, compared to when he was originally in NXT. I think it's great that Tyler Breeze is back in NXT, and I think these two are kind of a, a perfect opponents for one another, especially with there being a piece of gold on the line as well. Um, this is definitely a match that kind of came out of nowhere. I was a little bit unsure about it last week. This video package definitely helped to hype it up, in my opinion. Um, and uh, now this is kind of one of the matches that I'm um, looking forward to a lot more than I was uh, the, the, before I saw this episode of NXT. Um, but uh, what did you think about this this kind of hype uh, video, this video package, and kind of where's your interest level now regarding Velveteen Dream versus Tyler Breeze? So I was looking forward to the match anyway. When Breeze first made his return back to NXT UK a few weeks ago, um, as soon as he made his return, everyone literally went on Twitter, went on Facebook, went on everywhere saying they want to see Breeze Dream. 
There's a very good reason for that. If you watch back at any of the old stuff and watch all of Breeze's matches from when he was in NXT UK, and for me, his standout match was Jushin Thunder Liger. Um, watch those matches and you can see what Breeze is capable of. And I think people have forgot how good Tyler Breeze is. So with Velveteen Dream's in-ring ability, which, let's face it, is absolutely phenomenal. You can't question it. You can't fault it. He is going to be on the main roster sooner than we think, I reckon. And he's going to absolutely destroy it on the main roster. If main roster actually use him properly. Um, Very true. (laughs) Very true. I don't want to see happen to Dream what happened to Breeze. Because they've missed a perfect opportunity with Breeze. And he could have been... He could have... He wouldn't have pushed for the main title, but he could have been a long stay in the mid-card title. So kind of like, you know, when Jericho went through his mid-card bit after he wandered off and then came back and he was in mid-card for a year and a half. Breeze could have been that guy, but for a longer period. He has that ability. And once he'd built a name for himself, he could have put some of the younger guys over like Jericho used to do. So... For me, again, WWE have missed a trick. WWE have missed many tricks, but we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> no, that, that, that's a very long show for another day, but uh, yeah, <laughs> carry on. But for me, again, with both of them at where they are now, this match couldn't be any better timed and couldn't be any better for each of them. Dream needed someone different to fight. He's fought pretty much all of the big names on NXT now. Whether it come up, win or lose, he has fought every single big name that's left there. Um, so for me, this is one of the matches I'm most intrigued about. I need a peek at, depending on how much time they're given. Yeah, yeah. And I think it'll be an opportunity for fans that uh, maybe have only got into the WWE NXT product, product in the last three or four years who weren't uh, familiar with how good Tyler Breeze was uh, back in the day when he was one of the originals to NXT um, and uh, headlines, all them original takeover pay-per-views. Um, it'd be an opportunity for those that weren't lucky enough to see him at his peak when he was in NXT, like the Velveteen Dream referred to um, in this video package, to see how good Tyler Breeze um, was and still is, uh, because we've certainly not had an opportunity to see him um, as a single star on the main roster. We saw more of a comedy element, you know, with his tag team with Fandango, which I I personally quite enjoyed, to be honest with you. Um, But they were never taken seriously. He was never taken seriously on the main roster. But now he's back amongst friends, you could say, amongst fans that like him, that love him, that remember him from how good he was uh, back in the kind of original crew of NXT wrestlers when you had the Sami Zayn's and the Bo Dallas's and the Adrian Nevilles, and uh, the Tyson Kids and the Tyler Breezes. He was part of that crew that was headlining uh, takeovers. And yeah, but just to back up what you said, his match against Jushin Thunder Liger from the original um, NXT TakeOver New York 1 from 2015... You know, it's one of the best NXT matches um, in history. It was fantastic and a great opportunity for Tyler Breeze to wrestle Jushin Thunder Liger, who up until that point, had never wrestled in a WWE ring and hasn't wrestled in the WWE ring since. Uh, so kind of a bit of a, a landmark opportunity for Tyler Breeze here that nobody else in WWE can say that they've done. Um, but yes, 
this video package certainly did it for me. You didn't need any extra hype, um, but I think between the two of us, we're definitely looking out for this match and can't wait to see it on Saturday. Then we get a backstage interview with Shayna Baszler, who says that uh, uh, at TakeOver, Io Shirai is not going to be able to, allowed to use her kendo sticks and that uh, Io is all out of friends. Uh, but Shayna says that she still has her friends and she's ready to retain her NXT Women's Championship. So we'll talk more about that championship match later on. Our next match, uh, Drew Gulak versus Kushida. Um, so as you would expect between these two, there's a, a fair bit of chain wrestling from the start. And much like the match we uh, commentated on earlier on, the match we reviewed on uh, between uh, Jack Gallagher and Cassius Ono, um, from early on, you could see that this was going to be another technical masterclass, to be honest with you. Uh, Gulak goes for a single leg Boston Crab, which Kushida is able to reverse into a triangle before applying a cross face into a headlock. Uh, so plenty of reversals here. Kushida applies an octopus on Gulak. However, Gulak locks on uh, locks in a reverse figure four leg lock on uh, Kushida. Gulak manages to hit Kushida with a gut buster. There's plenty of back and forth action between these two with so many reversals and counters uh, with Kushida locking on his hoverboard lock, um, but uh, to no avail on this opportunity. Eventually, Kushida does eventually get the win with a flatliner and a, uh, a clever pinning combination, which gets him the one, two, three. Uh, and this infuriates Drew Gulak as uh, Kushida remains undefeated here in NXT. Now, I think with the way that Drew Gulak reacted after this match, appearing to be quite embarrassed with the way that Kushida got the pinfall victory. I don't think we've seen the last of these two. Um, you mentioned earlier, added another match to TakeOver. This match would be an excellent pre-show match for TakeOver just to get the fans hyped ahead of the main card. I wouldn't mind seeing these two again regardless. Um, but uh, I love this match. Not quite as technical or as scientific as the uh, Gallagher and uh, Cassius only match from earlier on, but nonetheless, two great wrestlers. A very good scientific match, um, and uh, Kushida remains undefeated. Give us your take on this match, Kieran. Slightly disappointed, if I'm honest. Okay. Uh, seeing Drew Gulak versus Kushida, I was like, oh my god, this is going to be amazing. Why is this on the next episode? Why is it not on TakeOver? Um, I honestly think if you give those two 20 minutes on a TakeOver pay-per-view, we'll contend on any other pay-per-view for match to the night. It's one of those things where I think they kind of overstacked the card with promos and not enough wrestling time because I think that match was rushed. Uh, these two both kind of work, obviously, obviously, as you said, a slow style. So they're very, they're very ground-based, they're very submission-based. And you, you got a little glimpse of it, but you didn't get the full ability to watch it. They weren't given enough time. But again, like I said, with the Ono and Jack Gallagher match, for people who want to study wrestling to potentially do it, training to do it, even though it's kind of a short match, watch it because you see so much creative stuff in there with reversals and everything. Um, but I'm hoping we see that match again with a lot more time. Yeah, I, I think we will. I think the way that it ended and uh, Gulak's response to being pinned, uh, I don't think we've seen the last of these two. I certainly hope not anyway. 
Then we get Kathy Kelly uh, speaking backstage to Io Shirai, who says uh, Shirai says that she doesn't need a kendo stick at Takeover to defeat Baszler, and Baszler can bring all of her friends. Candice LeRae then joins Io Shirai to thank her for saving her from the beatdown she received from the Horsewomen last week, and says that uh, Io Shirai doesn't have to worry about Shayna and Shayna's friends because Candice LeRae has her back next week. So uh, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a bit of outside interference from the Horsewomen. Um, in uh, Io Shirai's match against Shayna Baszler and it sounds like we're going to see Candice LeRae get involved as well Uh, that's all speculation Uh, we'll talk more about that match very soon uh, we then get a, a pretty decent hype video. Uh, once again, WWE and NXT are excellent at these hype videos. Uh, this one was for uh, Johnny Gargano, uh, the NXT champion, uh, against Adam Cole for their championship match on Saturday, um, as if we needed any more hype for their match in two days' time. Uh, we'll talk more about that also very soon. Then we get our main event of the evening, Only Lorkin uh, and Danny Birch versus the Forgotten Sons. Uh, that's Cutler and Blake. These two teams will be part of the uh, four-way ladder match um, at TakeOver on Saturday for the NXT tag titles. Uh, Jackson Riker gets involved uh, from the outside fairly on, early on. However, he's sent back uh, to the back uh, by the referee, um, only for the Street Profits to attack Jack- Jackson Riker on the ramp. Uh, the Profits then get into the ring to dispose of the Forgotten Sons before they face off with uh, Lorkin and Birch. Uh, Blake and Cutler get back into the ring this time with steel chairs. Then this prompts the Undisputed Era to come out, pushing Riker off the stage this time before entering the ring themselves, with all four members of the Undisputed Era clearing house. Adam Cole then puts up the ladder, he erects the ladder on the stage above Jackson Riker, um, who's still on the floor at this point, and Cole sets up the ladder, climbs the ladder, and with a microphone in hand, announces that Riddle and Gargano will suffer the same fate as Jackson Riker as the show goes off the air, drawing a close to another excellent episode of NXT. Um, so, uh, what, what was your kind of thoughts on this closing segment? The match didn't really amount to anything, but obviously it kind of built up the four-way ladder match for the NXT uh, tag titles. Uh, tag championship match that's going to be taking place at uh, TakeOver Kieran. Um I uh, am really looking forward to this, this four-way. I think it would have been a good match without the ladders. I think with the inclusion of the ladders and the bout hanging over the ring, I think it makes it even more exciting, especially when you think you've got uh, Montez Ford of the, forgot, of, the, of the Street Profits, who's going to be doing some some crazy-ass stuff, no doubt. Uh, only Lorkin, who likes to dive all over the place. Um, and there's going to be plenty of uh, hot action from these four teams. Uh, what's your thought to this closing segment of this week's NXT? So, for me, I think it's perfect build-up. Um, you haven't got a single one of the teams taking any pinfall momentum you haven't got any single one of the teams getting any sort of momentum going into it. It's put into context for me that all four teams are literally starting in the same place. Uh, I find it very symbolic as well that it was Adam Cole sitting on top of the ladder, but we'll get into that when <clears throat> when we go through the predictions. Um, so I've got a couple of theories based around that. Um, but... For me, again, like I said, it brilliant build-up for what it is. I'm really looking forward to this match. Like you said, um, it would have been a great match about the ladders. With the ladders, it's going to be even better. Um, oh, yeah. And it's also, for me, it's uh, you get to see the Red Dragons back in an actual tag team title match before. Instead of it being O'Reilly and Strong, we're actually getting to see O'Reilly and Fish again. Yeah. Um, actually go for the titles. So I'm hoping we get to see some of, their, some of the Ring of Honor stuff again. Because let's face it, if anyone watched any of their Ring of Honor stuff, you know those two together, best tag team in the world, and would 
for me, honestly, contend with Young Bucks, Lucha Dragons, stuff like that, again, if they were on the indie scenes. And as we spoke about on the Super Strong Style cast, Kylo O'Reilly's doing brilliantly at the moment in ring and offering with his reactions to stuff as well. So I think, honestly, if he went back on the indie scene, he'd be absolutely insane. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to the whole card for TakeOver, to be honest. Um, but this is one of the matches that does intrigue me most, probably a little bit more than Bree's Dream. Um, just because you're going to see so many high spots like you would do on any NXT UK TakeOver show. And you've got to think the tag team match they've got to compete with with ladders is DIY versus AOP. Yeah. Which is going to be hard to beat. Yeah, definitely. So let's have a little look at the TakeOver card then, shall we? So it's been five matches officially announced for Saturday night. Now, uh, this is a, a a big TakeOver card. It's their, their 25th, uh, so quite a milestone for NXT and for the, the TakeOver um, format. Um, but uh, the first match I want to discuss is Matt Riddle versus Roddy Strong. So uh, every member of the Undisputed Era is involved in a match in one way, shape or form at TakeOver 25. Um, this match I expect to be, uh, no pun intended, but very, very strong and hard hitting. We know what we're going to expect to uh, going to get from Matt Riddle, that kind of striking uh, MMA, kind of plenty of technical holds. Roddy Strong is is no chump either. I mean, he, he can uh, um, execute a backbreaker from any angle, any part of the ring, on any opponent. So we know what we're going to get from Roderick Strong. We know what we're going to get from Matt Riddle. We've not seen the two of them in the ring together on in a one-on-one situation. Um, this one's not got any title involved. Uh, it could very well be a main event anywhere in the world. Um, but uh, this match is definitely one of their matches that I think we're going to get a really strong, hard-hitting match. Um, I'd love to know your thoughts going into this one. So, yeah, this match is going to be absolutely insane. Like you said yourself, you've got the MMA and everything off of Matt Riddle. But for me, Matt Riddle's kind of the whole package. And for a guy that doesn't talk much, he, he still manages to get the crowd behind him in any little way, shape or form. And as much as the NXT UK fans boo Roderick Strong, you know for a fact, as soon as he left Undisputed Era, they'd be cheering him again. So it's kind of the, the whole Mark thing. And for me, I know that every single NXT fan absolutely loves Roderick Strong, whether he's heel or face. Um, so for those two together, they're going to make magic. Um, obviously, as you said, see a lot of backbreakers because we're going to see a lot of backbreakers. Um, but I think it could be one of those technical masterclasses. They're both kind of the same sort of style like Roddy likes to use the strikes he likes to be on the ground but so does Matt Riddle Yeah. so I think again like the other two matches it's going to be very technical very scientific and you're, you're going to see a lot of high spots in that um, even if it is a singles match you're going to see a lot of stuff happen in it that you would probably think isn't possible so it's going to be one of those ones where I'm paying close attention to as I want to train to be a wrestler again. So for me, it's going to be one of those ones to watch. And uh, going out on a limb, who's your pick? Uh, ooh, it's got to be Riddle. 
um, obviously put his shoulders to the mat at the last takeover for Dream. So it's got to be Riddle. Yeah, he can't lose two takeovers on the on the trot, can he? So uh, I'm going to go for Matt Riddle as well on this one. But uh, I think this one, give him a good 15 minutes. And I think, uh, yeah, they, they will um, take the roof off the place. I think uh, there's definitely a match um, that uh, will definitely, you, do, you don't want to be taking a toilet break during this one. This one's going to be one not to miss. Looking at the next one, uh, this one is for a championship for the NXT North American Championship. Let's talk a little bit about Velveteen Dream versus Tyler Breeze. So we, we spoke briefly about um, the, the video package that was, this, that was part of this week's NXT earlier on. Um, so the Velveteen Dream was was calling Tyler Breeze kind of Velveteen Light um, or kind of a bit of a, a, a knockoff budget version of the Velveteen Dream. Um, but to Tyler Breeze, like I say, he had his better days in NXT. Now he's back on his home to a familiar territory, his old stomping grounds. Um, and I think Tyler Breeze is definitely going to be the, the fan favourite, or at least he, he should be the fan favourite. Velveteen Dream definitely comes across more as a, a cocky heel. That's his more natural character. Um, I love both of these two characters and as i said earlier i can't wait for tyler breeze to show fans that weren't familiar with him back in kind of the, the good old days of nxt when he was i think he main evented the first ever um nxt takeover tyler breeze so it'd be great to see the fans who are not so familiar with how good he is to actually see that this guy is one of the best and can put on a match with anybody the velveteen dream we know how good he is he's got the look he's got the gimmick um, he's got the, the the wrestling style, and he's only 23 years old. Um, I think uh, this one is once again going to be another highlight of the night. Um, I'd love to know your thoughts. Tell us what you think about this one. Couldn't agree more with everything you just said. Um, again, I'm going to reiterate this. Like you said, for um, Prince Pretty main evented the first ever takeover against Thunder Liger. And anyone who has the network, anyone who wants to do a bit of research before watching Breeze, if you're not familiar with him, find somewhere to watch that match. Um, it's the best match of his career, so if you want to see the best of him, watch it. Um, and then you'll see what you're getting yourself into and in for with this match. Both of those together, as I stated when we were talking about the promo package... It's going to be absolutely an amazing match with both of them giving the best that they can. They've both got the egos on their side. Um, I kind of disagree with you when you say uh, Prince Pretty's going to be the fan favourite. Okay. It's going to be dueling chance throughout the whole thing. Um, everyone still absolutely loves Velveteen Dream if he plays face or heel. Um You'll always hear Velveteen, 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 Velveteen. And you're always going to hear Chance for Tyler Breeze when he's on NXT. Um, so you're going to hear a lot of dueling chants from me. I think the crowd's going to be very split for this match. Um, it's going to be one of those matches where it's going to be high spots. And I can see it going to be one of those ones where it's going to take two or three finishes to finish the opponent. So I look, uh, you'll see a lot of beauty shots and you'll see a lot of elbow drops in this match but for me I, I'm going to go out on a whim on this one because of the video package and because of just how I feel I, I want Breeze to win yeah I mean it would be his first um, uh, taste of championship gold on NXT or any WWE product um, so it, it, you know he's, he's been with the company through from developmental through till now for best part of 10 years 
um, and he hasn't kind of tasted that success as a champion. He hasn't had any championship gold. Um, yeah, maybe this is all kind of set up for him to, 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 to have his first taste of championship gold as the NXT North American champion. It would certainly suit him. It would certainly fit him as, as the champion for, uh, for the North American championship. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe, maybe it's an indication that if Tyler Breeze does win, it's an opportunity for him to not necessarily move up to the main roster, or I'm sure that that's in the plan somewhere down the line, but maybe be a contender again for, for the, for the main title on NXT or to move on to, uh, you know, a, a bigger, bigger name, a bigger opponent possibly. Um, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see a new champion here also. Um, yeah, I, I think, I'm, uh, just just to be different, I'm going to say the Velveteen Dream is going to going to retain, um, but uh, I think that this match will do no end of favours for Tyler Breeze, whether he stays on NXT or whether this is just kind of a um, bit of a, a fleeting appearance and he goes back onto the main roster. Either way, I think he's going to have a higher profile um, and uh, kind of a bigger fan base and kind of a, a better image whether he stays or whether he goes back to the main roster, whether he's a champion or not, I think this match will definitely do wonders for his profile and for his, uh, his career going forward within the WWE. So uh, either way, I think both of them win, uh, but I'm going to say the Velveteen dreams. So uh, just to be different, just to be different. Um, let's have a look at the, uh, the four way ladder match for the NXT tag team championships. Uh, I mentioned the, the, the contenders earlier on. You've got Danny Burch and Oni Larkin going up against the Street Profits, going up against the Forgotten Sons, going up against Undisputed Era, the combo of Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. So, uh, of course, the, the Viking Raiders, they laid down their championship bouts in the ring a couple of weeks ago. They, they, they've uh, walked away from NXT. They vacated uh, the, the championships uh, without losing the titles. They're now going to be kind of full time on the main roster. As we know, this does leave a very interesting scenario. You've got four very good teams here. Um, I'm not hundred percent sold on the forgotten sons. I love the other three teams. Um, I, I've really become a fan of the street profits over recent weeks and months as their kind of profile has risen. And you've seen how amazingly athletic Montez Ford is. And Angelo Dawkins has got a few moves of his own. Love Danny Burch and Oni Larkin. Love their match for the NXT tag titles against Undisputed Era at uh, NXT TakeOver Chicago from last year, I believe. And we all know what uh, you're going to get from Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. We've been singing the praises of, of Undisputed Era and Kyle O'Reilly over recent weeks. Um, so this should be an excellent, excellent match. I wouldn't be surprised if it opens a show. Um, remember, going back to the, the six-way ladder match at NXT New Orleans uh, last year, last WrestleMania weekend to open the show um and and i think you need a, a kind of a, a a big gimmick match like this potentially a ladder match to open a takeover like this i think it's really going to get the you know, get the night off with a bang um but um yeah give, give us your thoughts on these four teams the match and uh, who's your pick so right i'm just going to go for my pick straight away because it's it it's took me a lot of thought to come up with this one myself to be honest um, I'm going to go with UE on this one. Okay. Um, just because it's the first time you're going to see the actual tag team of Undisputed Era together. It's They've got the best chemistry. They're pre-established. And it's just going to be amazing. Um, as much as I want to see Street Profits win the straps, for me, they're not utilised enough. And they remind me a lot of heavy machinery. 
not in the way that they wrestle, but in the way they've been used. So Heavy Machinery were used and used and used and used and used, had their title match, boom, main roster. I think they're giving un- Street Profits a little bit more time. But again, like I said, WWE likes to swerve people. Um, this match is going to be insane. There's going to be a lot of... Let's face it, only Lorcan and Danny Birch will take a hit. So I'm expecting to see a lot of stiff ladder shots. But then you've got to think of how creative the people are in the ring. Look at how long Red Dragon have been together. Look at how these teams have formed together. Um, Forgotten Sons, for me, they're a good tag team. It's just not the right time for them. They had their push. They got to the finals of the Dusty Classic. Um... I think maybe give them four or five more months to really establish themselves and they can push for the titles. Um, only Lorcan, Danny Birch. I've watched a lot of their tag team matches and like you said, they won at New Orleans against... Uh, sorry, Chicago against Undisputed Era. It was absolutely insane. He really was, uh, yeah. But if you've... Again, if you've watched either of those two as single wrestlers, you, you know what to expect from those two. Again, it's another it's another tag team that get to the highest point and then drop it on the big occasion. But nothing's been said about that sort of stuff in this match. So for me, that kind of pushes them out of the picture for me. I don't think either of those two are going to win the titles yet. They're a great tag team and don't expect it. They'll probably be probably one of the first challenges for whoever wins the titles in a singles match. Well, in a tag match, not a single one. But, um, yeah, for me, it's it's going to have to be Red Dragon. Yeah. And th- that would make them the three-time NXT Tag Team Champions. Um, but uh, I'm going to go for Street Profits. I've had, I think they've had a really good push over recent weeks, uh, recent months, actually. And I absolutely love Montez Ford. Love what he's capable of. Love, love what he does um, in the ring. Um, he's got probably the best frog splash of anybody uh, possibly in the wrestling industry at the moment. And I uh, just, you know, just kind of imagining what crazy stuff he's going to get up to off of those ladders um, on Saturday night. The other thing I like about this match is you've got four different teams as well, four different styles. Um, and uh, not one of them uh, kind of are the same in terms of their style or their gimmick. I do have a bit of a question, though, and that is um, Jackson Riker. So we saw what happened to him on NXT this week, and he ended up getting getting laid out by pretty much everybody, uh, with Adam Cole eventually putting the uh, ladder up on the stage above him. Now, Jackson Riker, could he potentially interfere in this match? Could he potentially um, be the be the, the kingmaker or, or the one that uh, dictates where the championship goes? And could he be, um, you know, the... the uh, the missing piece of the puzzle um, that could potentially give the titles to the Forgotten Sons. Uh, do you think Jackson Riker is going to be, uh, you know, a, a part of this match? Could he potentially impact on on the eventual outcome? So, depending on where the match is in the card, for me, will be whether he gets involved or not. Yes, he's going to get involved in some way, shape, or form. But for me, someone from UE is going to stop him. Um. You've got to remember, as much as they've got three, UE's got four. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a given he's going to get involved in some way, shape, or form. But say if 
Roddy Riddle opens, and then this match is like third on the card. It wouldn't surprise me if you see Roddy cut him off in some way, shape, or form. You're not going to see Cole cut him off. Obviously, Cole's preparing himself for his main event match with Gargano. Mm. Um, so, yeah, for me, he'll get involved, but someone will cut him off in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Let's see. He might be the deciding factor in this match. But uh, uh, you've gone for UE. I've gone for the Street Profits. Um, so, uh, yeah, it should be a really fun match. Um, speaking of fun matches, we've got the NXT Women's Championship match. Um, Io Shirai going up against Shayna Baszler. So Shayna Baszler has been the uh, the NXT Women's Champion for seven months now since she beat uh, Kyrie Sane at the Evolution pay-per-view back in October last year. And she's pretty much had a kind of stranglehold on the championship ever since. She's been very, very dominant in, in matches against Kyrie Sane, in matches against Bianca Belair, um, a various, uh, various multi-women matches where she's been able to retain, successfully retain her championship. Here, she's going up against an opponent that she's not faced one-on-one before. Um, and um, I think Io Shirai is a, a real threat to Shayna Baszler's con- uh, you know, championship. Now, we know that Baszler's going to have her cronies, uh, Shafir and Duke um, at some point during the match they're either going to be around the ring or in the ring uh, we know that Candice LeRae is likely to get involved as well to, to combat those two um, but um, I can see the championship changing hands here Kieran I think that uh, Io Shirai would make a, a worthy NXT Women's Champion and uh, I think the championship is changing hands on this occasion um, I think that uh, um, the, the the dastardly heel Shayna Baszler um, as, as kind of she's got to the end of her run whether that's an indication that she's going up to the main roster or moving on to a different uh, challenger or opponent within nxt we are uh, yet to see um but um i'd love to know your thoughts on this women's championship match shirai's winning whether yeah. you like it or not. shirai's winning um it's time for baszler to get her main event push that she deserves it's been so long now that she's sat on there and Everybody knows that she's main roster ready. Um, they've kept her down there so long with, obviously, Desmond Duke and Maria Shafira. Yeah. Um, it's time for them to start building for their Survivor Series match that they want. Um, so I think Baszler going up now would be the perfect time for that. It gives them a few months to build up the match that everybody wants to see anyway, which is the four horsewomen of MMA versus the four horsewomen of WWE. Yeah. We know it's going to happen. Survivor Series is the perfect time to do it. Eight-woman elimination match. Job's good and you've got your match done. Um, again, it's very contrasted styles. You've got very ground and pound with... Baszler, and then you've got High Flying with EO. Um, this is going to remind me a lot. I think we're going to see a lot of spots like you saw with Ember Moon and Baszler. Yeah. It's going to be a lot like that sort of match. Um, and again, it wouldn't surprise me if you see EO Shirai win it the way that Ember Moon did win it. Then you'll probably see Baszler stick around for a little while, lose a rematch, and then off to the main roster. So, yeah, for me, it's going to be Io Shirai. 
there we go. Couldn't have said it better myself. Moving on to the main event then. So you've got uh, Johnny Champion, Johnny Gargano going up against Adam Cole uh, for the NXT Championship match. Now, the last time these two went out was at TakeOver New York, WrestleMania weekend, two out of three falls match. Um, it was a five-star classic. Uh, people are saying it's possibly the best NXT match of all time. Um, I reserve judgment on that. I still enjoy the uh, Andrade versus uh, Johnny Gargano match from uh, uh, the year before. Um, but uh, this match, we, we know it's going to be excellent. It's just one fall this time. Now, um, if it had just been a one fall match in New York, then Adam Cole would be standing here as the champion. It was a two out of three falls match. So Johnny Gargano got the second and third fall, making him the champion. This is the point that Adam Cole has been making on TV over the last few weeks um, that he you know, did get that initial pinfall over Johnny Gargano and he's saying that he can do it again. Adam Cole's been excellent on NXT TV over the last few weeks. Um, and uh, I, I think his character is getting over a lot more. Um, I think he, you know, he definitely proved himself as a, as a, as, as an amazing world beating wrestler at uh, takeover New York. Um, whereas before people might say that, you know, Adam Cole is not necessarily the real deal. I think after that match, everybody's agreeing that Adam Cole is definitely the real deal. We all know what Johnny Gargano is, is capable of. Um, he's Johnny Takeover, because as far as I'm concerned, where Shawn Michaels was Mr. WrestleMania, Johnny Gargano is uh, Mr. Takeover. He's not had a bad match at Takeover. Um, but uh, I think that we could be in for a surprise and I think we could be seeing a new champion at the end of it. Um, I don't think, personally, I don't think um, <laughs> uh, Roderick Strong or the Undisputed Era are going to win their matches. I know that you think that UE are going to take the uh, tag gold in their match, but I think Adam Cole could be definitely standing um, standing tall with the championship gold at the end of this match on Saturday night. So I'm going out on a limb and saying, Adam Cole, uh, what about yourself? So, as I was saying earlier, I had a few theories on this match with the whole Adam Cole being on top of the ladder at the end of that segment. I hate to say it because I absolutely love Johnny Gargano, but I'm going with Cole on this one as well. Um, it's time to let Undisputed Era actually start getting the stuff they've been promising. Hence why I said UE for the tag titles as well. It then sets up a program for Roddy to go for the North American. Even if it's only for a month, they hold all the straps. They need to do it. Look at how over they are. Look at how dominant they've been. It's about time WWE booked it that way. And obviously, like you said as well, over these recent weeks since WrestleMania, look at how strong Adam Cole's characters come across. Yeah. This match is going to be probably one of the best matches you'll watch. It will it will be an outstanding match and it's going to be a hell of a lot like the one in WrestleMania weekend. Um, So there's, for me, there's not really much more they can do spot wise or just like wrestling match wise that they didn't do in that two out of three falls match. So a lot of the stuff you're going to see is the same. You'll see a new few surprise moves, but like the high spots, like Johnny kicking out the last shot, all of the Koji clutch stuff, well, the Gargano escape, as he calls it, all of that sort of stuff, you're going to see a lot of that again. So if you're not a fan of seeing repetition of stuff you've seen in a match before, you're probably not going to like this match. If 
you're a fan of just pure magic that people can put on, you're going to love it. But yeah, for me, it's going to be Cole going over and Johnny's going to disappear off to the main roster. Just my opinion. Very interesting. Yeah, no, we've got uh, the same opinion there. But uh, I think we'll both agree that it's going to be an outstanding match. Uh, You know, if you're a fan of wrestling, you're going to be a fan of this match. In fact, you're going to be a fan of the whole card. I think we've got five very, very solid matches here. Uh, like we said, from, from Matt Riddle, Roderick, Roderick Strong, to the four-way ladder match for the tag titles, Io Shirai and Shayna Baez, the Velveteen Dream versus uh, Tyler Breeze, and of course this main event, Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you, you never see a bad takeover card. You never see uh, a bad takeover match. Um, and I think this one has the hallmarks of being up there with... Uh, one of the stronger takeover cards in history. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. I know you are. Um, So yeah, should be a cracking show on Saturday night. Uh, Well, well, Kieran, um, I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for helping me to uh, uh, review NXT and NXT UK. Thanks for telling us all about uh, Progress Chapter 89. It sounds like a a brilliant show. And like we said earlier, as soon as it drops on Progress On Demand, uh, go out and watch it. Um, It it sounds like a tremendous show with the kind of 1988 vibe and gimmicks. Um, And uh, thank you for for helping me run down and and predict um, our the card for NXT TakeOver 25. Um, So, uh, Thank you, Kieran, and uh, we look forward to getting you on the podcast again sometime in the future. Absolute pleasure. I hope the listeners enjoy it. And again, if any of you have any queries or opinions that you'd like to shoot my way, just find me on Facebook. I'm on John's page or hit me up on Twitter. It's just at Kieran Reed 1791. Love to hear from you and love to hear your thoughts on the podcast. Excellent. Thank you, Kieran. So, Our next episode is going to be on Sunday, where myself and David Anderson, we're going to be reviewing NXT TakeOver 25. So that's going to be the day after the the event. It will be dropping uh, Sunday afternoon. Uh, But as for this episode, I hope you've enjoyed it. If you did, please don't forget to hit like, subscribe and share and shout about this this podcast. Shout about Wrestling With Jonas. Tell your friends and tell your family and keep listening to this podcast for all of your weekly NXT UK, NXT, WWE, progress wrestling and aew updates um and uh, without you sharing and subscribing this podcast we can't grow and improve so hit that like button and subscribe now in the meantime uh, from myself and from kieran thank you very much take care and speak to you all soon mm-hmm.